0: Hello, this is Patrick Haley, Sheriff of Hampshire County. If you're a college student interested in learning about the field of criminal justice, the Hampshire Sheriff's Office would like to talk to you about our summer intern program. Your internship will matter, not just to the clients we serve, but also to the people of Hampshire County who rely on us to protect public health and safety. Interested in making a difference? Please visit our website, HampshireSheriffs.com, and submit an application online or call 413-584-5911 and ask for our HR department.
1: This show may
2: contain subject matters not suitable for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. I count him braver who overcomes his desires than him who conquers his enemies, for the hardest victory is over self. Aristotle. Hi, I'm Lisa Riley, and each week we're here to share stories that shine a light on not only justice-involved individuals or underdogs in the game of life, but their struggles, their successes, and also the powerful resources and opportunities available for those who are hustling to carve a new path and prove that failure isn't final. So unlock your future, rewrite your story. This is The Hustler Files. Welcome, everyone, to this week's The Hustler Files. Aristotle was among the first to recognize that there are at least two ways to pursue happiness. He called one eudaimonic, which is in harmony with one's good inner spirit, and the other hedonic, aimed at positive, in-the-moment, inherently self-centered experiences. He deemed that the hedonic life was primitive and vulgar, and upheld that the eudaimonic life was noble and pure. Today's first guest would agree that for the majority of her current 42 years of existence, she lived a hedonic life. But for the last five years, and with the guidance and support of our second guest, a eudaimonic life is within reach. I want to welcome to The Hustler Files, Melissa and Sonia. Good morning, Lisa. Good morning, Lisa. I am so excited that you're both here and This is our 12th episode um, in the new season, and it's the first time we're actually chatting with two women. Uh, We've had a lot of men come through the show and their organizations and uh, their stories, so I'm really excited that you're both here. Melissa, I'm going to start with you. You and I met previously previously to your being a guest here on the show today. And I thought of all of our guests so far, this show's name, The Hustler Files, (laughs) could have been written for your story. (laughs) You've spent over half your life from the young age of 11 to about the age of 37, literally leading a life of hustling. But it was, as one might say, on the wrong side of the tracks. And now for the last five years, you've been hustling to rewrite your story. So I want you to lead us down the path of sharing with us a snapshot of what those 26 years look like. I mean, starting at 11 years old is exceedingly young. So can you kind of give
1: us a synopsis of those 26 years? Uh, absolutely. Um, I grew up in Springfield, and I grew up around a lot of people who um, love to enjoy themselves and have a good time, and I idolized that really early on. And I had made a decision that that was how my life was going to look. And by the time I was old enough to start to try to assemble some form of um, adult living, um, I was never able to adhere to it. And I suffered tremendously for it. And I continued because I was not aware that there was a way out. So you mentioned to me when I first
2: met you that um, your grandfather passing away was the initial trigger that that put you on this path of a crazy life.
1: Yes, I was seven years old and he had cancer and I watched him um, deteriorate and in the end I just wanted to be where he was and I couldn't quite understand why my family was separating me and um, from that day that he passed on I carried some kind of guilt that maybe if I had gone home with him that day the outcome would have been different and I think about him and that often. And I still get emotional when I do because um, he was the person in my life who made me feel loved and um, have value at a very young age. And when that was disconnected from me, um, my behavior started to change very quickly. Um, and it would just continue on for years and years and grow progressively into the dark, darker side of things we're not just
2: talking drugs or alcohol or anger we're talking a mix of all three correct absolutely and share with us a little bit what i chatted with you about and what i always find and the hustler files sort of epitomizes is the fact that you were really an entrepreneur as you went on in your life of drugs and alcohol you weren't just using them you were dealing them you were out and about making money right Yes, I was capitalizing on other people's sickness and vulnerability to this disease. And when did it really sort of hit a peak for you? I, you know, you mentioned at one point you went to Venezuela. Mm hmm. Yes.
1: Yeah, I went to another continent and found that I was the same person there, even in the beauty and mist of amazing sunsets and an experience that um, a person at that age. Um, It should have been more of exploratory, exciting and enjoyable um, adventure and more or less all those type of things that were going on in my life. um, I couldn't see the real beauty in them because I was too wrapped up in the same kind of life that I was engaged in back home. I took me everywhere I went. And when were you
2: first incarcerated, even for a short period of time? How old were you? I believe it was
1: 15 or 16 for um, uh, Salt and Battery, maybe. Uh, there were so many, and I referred to them as skid bids, and that kind of had you jotting that down. And I said because it was 30, 60, 90, 120 days, something along, never really exceeding a year. Um, but enough to get you thinking, but not enough to stop. The but bayon. there were people along the way, your parents are mm-hmm. still around, yeah, correct? They are. Yeah. And-
2: there were other people before you met Sonia and we'll get to Sonia in a minute that
1: tried to help you, but you just pushed them away. There were a few. Um, it seemed like they were the ones that had that special X factor because they were the ones brave enough to kind of get close enough to say, uh, I think you got a problem or maybe I ought I think I inherently knew that I did um, for a long time, um, but I went against the current and, uh i think i had a long-term thought of changing it was out there the bigger picture someday i'll get this but right now why bother
2: and you ended up at one point you were on the street for a really long time correct you you were basically homeless Yep,
1: i left incarceration um and rather than go into long-term treatment um i went to northampton they had a cot shelter and uh, there, I ended up coming into some money that the universe sent me quite a quite a bit. And I just wandered around, kind of giving money to the people on the side of the road, enjoying the music in the street, eating in the restaurants, buying expensive clothes, um, very out of touch with reality. It fascinates
2: me that the universe delivered these funds to you and this this isn't the first time that this had happened you you always have been on the precipice of like something pushing you to change to do better and sent you the money or the
1: funding you needed but you didn't take that step in that direction no i just got the chills when you said it because if i can look back in retrospect there is a multitude of times where I think that was the door opening again and again and again, and there was still something left to be done. So the most impactful thing that really put you
2: in the position to say, I have to change, will you tell that story about the, it was a home invasion, you were going to try to protect someone you loved and you got arrested, and bring us to what happened when they put you in jail.
1: Um, While well, the actual event itself taking place was, um, I had had my son, um, so I had behaved myself. He was only a few weeks old. Um, I got the idea that it would be all right to have a couple drinks out on the patio. My mother would have my son inside, and that would lead to um, his my son's father going over to a house in the neighborhood where people hung out and partied and um, he went in and didn't come out. And he was holding the rent money that we had. And um, I kept calling and saying, is he there? Is is he okay? And this woman, um, you know, I justified it because she had children in the house. They weren't being fed. They weren't being bathed. Um, and I figured after I finished this 12 pack or whatever it was when I finished this off I'm gonna go over there but something held me back and it was something she said over the phone um and I went over there ready for destruction and so it was and when you got to jail they they put you in a detox correct they took me to a unit um called forensics um I was um, overseen um twenty four hour watch. I had to be shackled and taken out for my own individual wreck time. I was placed in a suicide homicide watch and I had a breakdown and I hallucinated for something something like nine or twelve days as I detoxed from um, the alcohol. Wow, what I find
2: the light on the other side of this horrific story that you have survived is that. You went to court after you had gotten detoxed, and what happened?
1: Um, well, I was looking at 15 years, and um, the inevitable outcome was that the paperwork just never made it in front of the judge. And he said, if, if this doesn't show up here, um, sh- we're done here. And, and you walked out? And I walked out. Now I have goosebumps. (laughs) And then another (laughs) opportunity, too. And that wasn't the time where I declared that it was time to get help. Um, But it started. It it, it started to begin more thinking on those terms, yeah. So, Sonia, you appear at some point
2: a few years later after this has happened Um, you are I just want to specify here you work for the all-inclusive support services of the Hamden County Sheriff's Department and you are a caseworker
3: yes that's correct
2: okay Um, how long have you been doing this kind of work
3: for the Sheriff's Department I've been doing it for 13 years Um, prior to that I did it as well
2: And how long after you walked out of court, Melissa, did you have a
1: connection to Sonia to start your relationship? It was actually quite a few years later where I went to a detox. And then in the process of staying in long-term treatment, I went back to AISS where I had been uh, post-incarceration in the past. And I was introduced to Sonia and there were some familiar faces there, so... She became my caseworker. And
2: Sonia, when you met Melissa for the first time, what did you think? What was your, what impression did she leave you with?
3: Wow. Um, <laughs> she, she had a, uh, an amazing story and what she went through and how she came through it. And I was just in, in awe. Um, and when she filled out her paperwork I to get into the chess program, I was eager for her to come on because I knew she was serious just the way she talked and where she came from and how how far she had came. So we're going
2: to have to take a quick break. Um, When we come back, I want you to walk us through Sonya, the chess program itself, what it it means. And I know we've talked about it on an earlier show, but it's always good to repeat that. And Melissa, I want to get back to you a little bit in the next segment about um, a statement you made to me about being told that you could be loved to death. So I want to kind of go down that path as well. So if you can both hang out, And we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. So don't touch
4: that dial. Employment, housing, identifying documents, addiction treatment, education, veteran services and legal advocacy. They're all part of what we offer at the all inclusive support services center of the Hamden County Sheriff's Office. We provide services to justice involved individuals as well as the general public with the goal of improving community safety and the quality of life across Western Massachusetts. Don't let life's challenges lock you up. Be a step ahead. For a hand up, stop by 736 State Street in Springfield or visit us at hcsdma.org.
0: Hello, this is Patrick Kalene, the Sheriff of Hampshire County. If you're looking for a career helping people, the Hampshire Sheriff's Office is hiring in many of our departments. We take great pride in our commitment to returning the men in our care to their communities in better health than when they arrived. Your work will matter, not just to the clients we serve, but also to the people of Hampshire County who rely on us to protect public health and safety. If you're interested in making a difference, please visit the Mass Careers website for more information.
2: Welcome back to this week's The Hustler Files. If you're just joining us, we're joined here in the studio with Melissa and Sonia. Melissa is an authentic success story of a person who found her way out of the darkness of drugs and alcohol and anger. And Sonia is a case manager for the all-inclusive support services of the Hamden County Sheriff's Department and the person who saw a shimmer of light within Melissa's internal chaos. Welcome back, Melissa and Sonia. Thank you for having us. So Sonia, let's focus on you a little bit in this second segment. What is the CHESS program and how was Melissa able to get into that? Because it's a very specific program to AISS,
3: correct? Correct, so CHESS is community housing, earned, safe and supportive. Um, You have to apply. Uh, You have to be involved with AISS. once you apply, your case manager that you're working with will uh, submit an application. Um, there's a process, we review it, we interview the person, and that's how I met Melissa, I interviewed her. Um, we get a feel of, you know, um, there's a, a bunch of questions, so we get a feel of how, how they're doing, where they're at, where they were, what they want out of the program. Um, then I take that paperwork that I wrote all her answers on, and I have, we have a classification board we meet, there's about uh, six to 10 people on that board and we decide we vote her in or out. And we have the reasonings, we put a service plan in place. So we have some things that people have to do. So maybe it may be complete their program or other things, therapy, med compliant, whatever it may be. Um, and then after that, um, when an availability comes along, they get into our first phase, could last a year. And then our second phase is a complete year And then at the end, once they graduate, they receive a Section 8 voucher um, that's mobile, so they can take it anywhere. Um, Along that, they have to follow, of course, some rules and regulations. They have to take urine analysis weekly, and they're random, um, meet with their case manager. We have men and women um, weekly, and there's house meetings to be met, um, a slew of things that they have to go through while they're there. So as long as they're compliant, that's all that matters. But they are living on their own. Yes, they have uh, the first phase. They are living with two other adults, um, shared common area. They have their own rooms. And the second phase, they go into either a studio or a one-bedroom apartment that is theirs. Um, And it's uh, we like hold our hand tight in the first phase, and then we let go a little bit. And then uh, the last phase is we let go all in all. They always can stay connected if they.
2: What kind of programs was Melissa going through during those phases? Just an overview.
3: Well, she did uh, her AA and had a sponsor and uh, met with me and did house meetings, worked uh, everything that she was supposed to do to get her life in order um, to step forward into her new chapter of life she did and Melissa you were working as Sonia just mentioned right you you had
2: told me you actually was able you were able to get a job yes and it was through a family friend who owned a local restaurant and you were able to bartend wait wait staff yep so that's really interesting you you weren't locked up you were able to start to rebuild your life um, under this new umbrella Sonia, what did you see in her that made you think that she could get
3: through this with the right help? She had a lot of determination. Um just where her story began and came when she came into our program, it was uh, just amazing. Um she was full of energy and just was a go-getter and she said all the right things and we were amazed when she came in front of our panel and uh 'cause she has to meet with our board afterwards while she's getting up she gets accepted and then she meets with the board and when she met with us just her energy and all the right things and you could tell that she was being very truthful.
2: Melissa was there ever a point in those early phases that you questioned whether you should be where you were or did you finally feel like this is where I need to be to change my life?
1: I felt relief and I believe about six months into my recovery process I was considering going backwards um I wasn't quite sure just yet then and some people appeared in my life and it was an eye opener and it's like a gate opened into a new realm of living um and they were there as friends and guidance and um support true support system Did you find that you had to change
2: not just lifestyle, but the people you were hanging out with to be able to move forward with the new you?
1: Yes, and that was one of the most difficult pieces of this, truly, and and I went backwards, and the more I started to change and grow, the more I wanted to reach back for those that were still, and are still sick and suffering in all different ways, but um. It's a, it's a departure from my feeling responsible for the suffering of other people because I had a hell of a time with my own, and um, I I can't get anybody to change, but I do this now, and um, there are people. It's not the ones you maybe wanted bef- before I wanted it, and um, now it's just who, who needs it, who's coming
2: looking for it. So what was the statement when you said to me when we met pre the –
1: show today love you to death where did that come from I've had it done to me and I've done it to others Um, it's just it's the only form of love that I knew it's just to stand by you and be loyal And it's loyalty to a fault it's it's i love you so much i won't go get help because we're gonna stay here and burn together in this place and it's not just in intimate relationship it was friendships it was family names that we were all intertwined and we all grew up together and i had never been shown anything different and i didn't have the trust inside of me to reach out of a comfort zone to allow people to get in, and as Sonia just said, it it's a process of holding your hand tightly and gently releasing. And I was the opposite in this program; I was on my own and wasn't so amped to grab a hold. I have slowly come in to integrate with my support teams. And how long have you been sober now? Um, since October second, two thousand seventeen. Congratulations. Thank you,
2: <laughs> Sonia. What happened that Melissa was able to, after graduating the programs, that she now works 10 hours a week for AISS? What, what, was, the, what was the trigger that allowed her to, to cross over to this new life?
3: I believe that um, it was in her. She has this uh, an amazing burst of energy to have people gravitate towards her and want what she has and she has people that has have done what she's done and are struggling to get where she is and want to be where she is so i think that's what helped her come along i mean she's great
1: and what are you actually doing melissa with aiss these days um classification board Um, i'm part of the officers training so i do speaking engagements i work in um chess with sonia um, I mentor I volunteer um, I do things such as this I just change my hat and show up for all different things I meet incredible people and um, said I just get up each day and um, do what's right and you have full custody of your son now too right I do That's wonderful.
2: So we're going to have to wrap up because, sadly, we always run out of time. But I have a final question for both of you. And, um, Sonia, I'm going
3: to start with you. I'm a believer we all have life assignments. What do you think yours is? I think I am a helper. I like to see people succeed, and I love to help people that um, are willing to take help. That's a great life assignment. It really is. You've been this way your whole life? My whole life. My mother used to tell me all the time, you... um, You have to do for yourself before you can do for others, because I would always put a lot of people before me so I could lift them up. I thought that I had whatever I had was good enough. Well, the airlines have been telling us for
2: years, put your mask on first and then help Mm. the the people next to you. So Mm. the theory works. And Melissa, what about you? I think your life assignment may be changed a few times (laughs) over the last
1: few decades. But where do you think it's going now? Um. The best way to put that into words, because really that's a feeling, it's kind of going where my heart tells me I'm needed, um, truly needed and appreciated, and that my hard work will benefit not just myself, but um, all the right people. And with that, um, I'm, just a, I'm just a link in a chain um, of a lot of people that it will take to get people where they need to be in life. And that's with... The willingness to work to get it and achieve your goals
2: that's wonderful and sadly we are out of time again Um, melissa kudos to you for having the courage to share your story and sonia thank you for sharing your journey with melissa because the work you do every day to help so many others find their way back out of the darkness is just so valuable thank you thank you lisa my pleasure. And we'll be back in a minute to wrap up this week with the Hustler Files. So sit tight. There's more to come.
4: The Hamden County Sheriff's Office is not your average law enforcement agency. Our correctional staff provide a firm but fair approach to corrections as we change countless lives for the better. In the community, Sheriff Nick Kochi's never say no philosophy has evolved the field of community policing, bridging the divide between residents and the unmet needs in our neighborhoods. If you want to help make the world a better place while earning a good salary with great health insurance, pay time off and a pension please visit hcsdma.org and click join the team to apply today before i share today's final thoughts i want to remind our
2: listeners that no matter where you live there are support services for drug alcohol and anger issues don't be afraid to take that first step and ask for help and i'm sure you'll find your sonia today's final thoughts come from brianna the pivot year If you would like to change your life, you must first change the way you think about your life. Thoughts are not just thoughts. They are bridges and doors and entryways and foundations. They magnetize and repel. They can build a house and tear it down. They can energize momentum or keep you idling within your own little world forever. Thoughts are investments and they are decisions. The mind will generate an endless series of options, some inspiring, and others terrifying, and so you must choose. You must choose what you will return to, what you will believe in, what you will place weight on. Because thoughts create feeling, and feeling creates desire, and desire creates action, and action creates reward, and reward creates more desire. And before you know it, a thought became a torch that led you down a path that is your life. If you would like to change your life, you must first change the way you think about your life. There was never another way. And that's a wrap for today. It is my hope that the stories and change makers we share each week release limiting beliefs, create impactful conversations, and activate change. A huge weekly thank you to our producer, Leah, and of course, our guests and advertisers for their support. You can find this show and all of our shows on the WHMP.com podcast page and also on any of your favorite podcast sites. If you'd like to reach out with any questions or comments, you can email me at lisa at whmp.com. Have a wonderful week ahead. And remember, don't be ashamed of your story. It will inspire others. See you next week right here on The Hustler Files.